confident, stunning, amazing. We are talented and fierce in every way. We stand in our purpose and we say the things that people think and never say. Be prepared to laugh, cry, and talk your shit because we are Notorious Notorious Moms. Moms. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Notorious Moms, a podcast. I'm here with my guest, Jazz. What's up, Jazz? Welcome. Hi. Yeah, I've seen her here before. She's uh, she's my cousin from another family. <laughs> we cousins. We, but not from not from my father's side. We cousins from my mother's side because it's different. <laughs> we said that when we met each other. Well, actually, when we first started um, talking to each other, it kind of felt like family at first sight or at first meet or at first talk, if you want to say that. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we would say. So Jazz, introduce your people, introduce yourself to the people, tell them who you are, what you do, and then we'll take it from there. Oh, cool. Uh, Hi, my name is Jazz, and I am a member of Mama's Cocktail Hour. Um, You guys may or may not have heard of it. Basically, we are a group of four women who started out doing a podcast, but then it kind of turned into something more, kind of like a network. And we just pride ourselves on being modern day mamas who are just kind of pursuing their passions and trying to figure out who we are as women on our own terms and not what anyone is trying to define for us. Yeah, and, um, love that. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's my team. And you can find me on Instagram, um, Jazz Speaks Life, and I'll answer any other questions you got. It's been a while, so I'm a little rusty. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So let's talk about that Jazz Speaks Life. So how did how did that come to life? Because I know you are a part of like Mama's Network and mm-hmm. like you said, but where did, um, and I'm going to say this because we had, a, you guys had a woman empowerment event um, like a few weeks ago and it was kind of like finding your voice. So mm-hmm. is that something that came about? Like Jazz Speaks, Speaks Life, how did that, so I didn't name myself. <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, I, um, that's a that name actually made me uncomfortable in the beginning because I'm a little bit more like uh, that's a lot to take on. But um, so the podcast had originally started with uh, Zeta and Elise, and um, eventually I was asked to join. And the reason that Zeta gave me that name, um, Jazz Speaks Life, is because she felt that there was a lot of times where I would speak life into certain situations or I was really good giving motivation or, you know, helping friends out and just being there and being that motivating force. And um, so she was like, that should be your name. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, that's what we went with. And um, that's what what stuck. Um, That's kind of been my role. Everyone in the group has kind of their own yeah. Um, niche yeah which is pretty cool because we all individually have our own thing our own views things that we're passionate about um like for example I am super passionate about mental health self-development self-love um things like that you know Elise has a home decor Nancy's kind of like in the whole uh cooking mom thing and Zeta is just Zeta Lisa um she is like a ball of energy <laughs> right. that kind of like fuels us all but at the end of the day we're also moms we're latinas and we're women of a certain age who are just trying to do it all but not really 
do it all in the way that we were expected to before. Right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you mentioned mental health and um, mm-hmm. I want to kind of like talk a little bit more about that because I feel like this is a topic that is really starting to be spoken about in a lot of different lights. And if anybody follows jazz or knows jazz, that's what she talks about most is like, like she said, very motivational. She talks about mental health and her journey with discovering like her issues or maybe not issues, but your, how do I say, um, like your discovery with your own mental health. So -hmm. how did you first discover that you had mental health? Mental health um, uh, condition or illness? Condition. Um, Let's say condition. Let's say condition. Well, I mean, I've always known, I always known something was different with me. I've always known something was off. I just, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, growing up in a Puerto Rican household, like we didn't really talk about that. Yes. So what I was deemed was very sensitive or very emotional or very dramatic. And that's what I was being told I was. So I didn't really know. I just knew I had all these big feelings. I was very confused. Um, and I didn't really get any help for it, no guidance. And so <laughs> I went through my teenage years, a disaster. And then I went through my twenties, a disaster. And it wasn't until my late twenties into my thirties that I was like, all right, you know, I have to, um, figure out what's going on with me. And I finally decided that I was going to go see a therapist and I was going to commit to kind of figuring out what exactly is it? what can I do to fix it? Because I had dimmed and dabbled in therapy when I was going through my twenties. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I, it's nothing that really stuck. I had a lot right. going on. Um, I was a teen parent. I had a lot of uh, issues with my son's father. It was an extremely toxic relationship. And a lot of my issues were being exasperated because of the toxic relationships that I found myself in. And also too, in your twenties, like for me, I went out a lot on weekends. And so I kind of like, how would say distracted myself? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I I do what I needed to do Monday through Friday to care my kid work. And then on the weekends, you know, I was young. My son went to my mom's house. Right. And that was your time. That was my time. So I really never stood still long enough. Um, It wasn't until I met my husband and I actually got to where you would say the best part of my life where I should feel confident and calm that things really started to kick up because I had no distractions. Ah. But I always knew something was off and nobody wanted to talk about it. You know how it is. Oh, you don't talk about that. Oh, Jasmine. Right. Jasmine a loquita. She's, <laughs> she's a little loquita. And it, you know, it, it's something that I, I always talk about as well because I grew up in a, you know, Puerto Rican household mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the thing. A lot of distraction you know, a lot of drinking, a lot of hanging out. And it's like, when you were actually, when you had the time to sit down and actually deal with an emotion, it was like, oh, you're being dramatic or you're being oversensitive or you're being, you know, super overdramatic because, oh, drama. Oh yeah, because we have levels to the drama. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's just like, hey, like something is happening and nobody is like acknowledging that something is happening. Like, I've mentioned this to people in my family too. Like, Hey, maybe you should go see somebody. Maybe you should talk to somebody. Oh, I'm not crazy. That's for crazy people. And that's what they say. And I'm just like, it has nothing to do with that. And before for, at least in my family, there was nobody who could say that. There was nobody to say, Oh, that's not what it is. You know, 
even my mom in a sense who was i guess understanding because so my mom had me very young i need, I need to explain this real quick so you can understand the structure of my family gotcha. my mom had me my mom had me at 15 okay and so she was already a young mom and my father was an alcoholic so we had a lot of chaos in our home and my mom came from a chaotic home so i know my mother understood my struggles because i know my mom went through similar struggles but right. my mom went a different route because she had a kid at 15 and she had all these she ended up having more kids she put on the strap your boots and keep it moving type of right mentality right? yeah you're not going to show your weakness you're not going to show people that you're thinking too hard or things depressed you're not going to do any of that so then she has her first child who's just this sense sensitive dramatic kid so she really had kind of like a love hate type of situation with me because she could identify the similar issues in me but it upset her that I couldn't handle it the same way that she was. She did. It. Yes. So I got a lot of tough love. Oh, just build a bridge and get over it. And, right. you know, mind over matter. And this is in no way to like throw my mom under the bus. Cause that's not what I'm trying to do. She, she, she did what she thought she needed was to best. do at that point. Yeah. At, right. at that point. But that's, that wasn't very helpful to me because all it did for me was reaffirm that there was something wrong with me. Why right. can't I handle it the way that she's telling me I should be able to handle it? Why can't it? I just stop thinking of these thoughts or why can't I just stop being so sensitive? So it's me. What is wrong with me? What, right. Like, why? Why can I do it? And so then what started to happen was I started getting a lot of shame. Like, mm -hmm. I felt a lot of shame about it. And what happens when you start to develop shame is now you start to hide. You start to keep things to yourself, right? Oh my God, because... you're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> because now it's like, you, this is something I, I just can't keep, you know, disappointing everybody. I can't have people look at me like there's something wrong with me. Right. So you start putting it deeper and deeper inside, but you're not really getting the help you need. You're not allowing yourself to process these feelings. And then you try to hide it. And right. then I had no self-worth. I had no self-esteem. I was with my son's father for 13 years and it was super toxic. He played me left and right and I accepted it because I didn't, I asked what I thought. I was broken. I, I wasn't doing things the way I was supposed to. And that is what I accepted. Right. And it just like, because I never dealt with them early on, it just led to one issue to another issue. to Like it just kept going. It's like a snowball effect. It just yeah. keeps, and it gets bigger and bigger as, you know, as the time goes on, it gets bigger and bigger. So it does. It, sorry. Go ahead. No, it, it, it does. Um, especially too, at that time, like when we're becoming young women, um, and you, you, you identify, you also had your child, your, your son young. Yeah. Um, I was, I was 20. I mean, I was, I was still young. I, I still yeah. considered myself young. I got pregnant at 19 and I had him at 20 and I had no clue of what I was doing. I was 17. <laughs> I think I, when I was pregnant, I had him at 18. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And, and to me, I was like, okay, something for me to love. And who's always going to love me now. Don't get me wrong. Responsibility wise. I handled that. I got a job. I got my apartment. Like I did what I needed to you do. do. What you, you needed to do. Right. Because I saw my mother do that. And I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, and he was with me. I raised my son, but a lot of things I look back at now, emotionally, I was unavailable. And I'll be honest, what I had, I mean, I suffer from, no, 
I, I am living with anxiety. Um, and I also have obsessive compulsive disorder. And for a lot of the times looking back, because those things went untreated, I did suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can be like great at your job. You can get up and do what you need to do and still be going through anxiety and depression. Right. Exactly. And it's called, it's called functioning, functioning. depression. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a functioning alcoholic or a functioning drug addict. There's a lot of people that are like that, that are, you know, alcoholics, they're drug addicts and, you know, people that have mental health are also functioning totally. And you are like really depressed or you can be really anxious and you have other different things, but you are totally functioning in society. No one would know, no one would be the wiser. You're smiling and you're putting on your face because you have to face the world. And like I said, a lot of the times for, for, for us, we develop shame and we're embarrassed. And, and so yeah. we put on this mask and we go out in the world because we don't want nobody to know our secret. Right. Right. Because at that point, at least, at least now I'm so grateful that it is becoming um, less of a stigma. People are right. more willing to talk about it. Right. Um, even a year ago when I started talking about this, my mom had a really hard time with me coming on here and being open about my story because she's still from the times where you yeah it's great that you're doing better but that's something you keep to yourself because you don't want anybody to use it against you what i try to make her understand is that nobody can use anything against me if i own it right if i myself look back and look at my story i removed the shame i went through the the processes that i needed to go through it's my story there's nothing you can tell me about myself and what I went through that I don't know because I was there. Right. And so now, and I also tell it too, like I'm at a place like it doesn't affect me in the way it did before because I'm in a better place. Now, granted, right. I will always most likely have anxiety. I will have my good days and my bad days. The only difference now is that I have hope. I have hope that things are not going to always stay the same that I am going to you know get through those hard days I have the coping skills to help me get that I have a great support network a supportive network with my husband and my friends um I'm not scared now to to say what it is that I need when I am going through something yes um and I celebrate my wins and I take time for myself when I have my losses. And that's something that I would have not been able to do before had I not decided that enough is enough and I'm going to do what I need to do to get better. Right. And I, I, it's just so amazing that, you know, I think that that's, it's the best thing. It's kind of like when you talk about your story, I don't know if anyone has ever seen, or if you've ever seen the movie Eight Mile, have you ever seen the movie Eight Mile with Eminem? Everybody when they get to the last... <laughs> <laughs> when they get to the last they're at the end at at the end of the battle and he's like mm-hmm. he says everything about himself that he knows people will clown him on and mm-hmm. that's kind of like the same thing and this is the reason why bringing awareness and speaking about it is a wonderful thing because if you own your story you tell your story there's so many people that you probably helping with telling your story but you know the people from the from the way back in the day our people the elders they don't want to talk about that stuff I have the same no. issues in my family too. Because you're only supposed to always put your best foot forward. And right. there's a lot of reasons why that mentality is there, you know, because, you know, we, we're, 
uh, immigrants and all type of stuff, you know, right. um, you have that mentality, like you always have to put your best foot forward, but that's not realistic. Like right. people do go through things. And one of the things that pushed me to be open was because I remember when I was, you know, going through it and I was like, yo, I don't have nobody that looks like me, that sounds like me, that I can relate to and be like, this is what I'm going through. Right. There was, there, there was nobody for me to, to turn to. Um, so for me, that motivates me to be like, Hey guys, um, you know, it's okay if you feel this way, because even if it's just one person, man or woman, and they hear what I have to say, and it kind of maybe brings them aware to maybe something they're going through, or maybe it helps them reach out to, to someone, whether it be a friend or a healthcare professional to be like, right. yo, maybe I need to go check this out. Like, maybe I do need to go speak to someone. Um, to me is all worth it because one of the things that helped me was, and I'm not, you know, I don't hide it either is I'm a very faithful person. And I'm, I believe that everything that I shouldn't say, I believe, I know for a fact, um, I was designed this way on on purpose. He designed me this way to go through the struggles I went through. And he has given me the gift of being able to vocalize in a way where people connect with me when I talk to them about my story. And so I feel like that's my purpose. My purpose is to, to share it and be like, yo, is, is, it sucks. It's not going to be easy, but if you stick to it, you're going to see the difference. I always compare it to like, like, you know, when you need glasses, but you don't wear glasses, like you yes. put the glasses on. <laughs> Cause there are some people like that, that they need glasses yeah. and they just refuse to wear them. They're like, I'm not wearing these glasses. And then finally they can't take it no more because they're like running into stuff. And you put the glasses on and then you be like, wow. see so clear. And you go all day like this. Oh, I was really looking like, I can't, wow. Like that's how it felt when I started, um, when I went to therapy and I, and I got treatment. So I, I did talk therapy like everybody um, did and it, it worked, but it didn't. And then um, I got in contact with a really good therapist and he realized um, that my symptoms were anxiety. Yes, I have generalized anxiety disorder, but certain things were um, obsessive compulsive. And so I went through something called cognitive behavioral therapy. I've heard of that before. Can you explain that a little bit? So basically cognitive behavior therapy, it's not talk therapy, it's more of like trying to rewire your brain on how it responds to certain things, like changing the behavior. Okay, um, real quick. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Can you explain that a little bit for the people that don't know what that really means? So I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but I'll explain it in the way right. I know. <laughs> um, explain it how you know it. Okay. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder is kind of, is a, is like an anxiety, is an anxiety based disorder, but it's not considered an anxiety disorder, but it's like a, its own separate thing, but right. it kind of goes hand in hand, hand with in hand. anxiety disorder. Um, and it's like, whenever you have like, for example, um, thoughts, like you can have thoughts or, or maybe a behavior that you have to constantly do over and over and over, because if you don't, then you feel like something dangerous or might happen. So for example, I can explain it better. Like I have something called contamination OCD, which means, um, at the height of it, I was very afraid of germs and and getting, and getting sick. So, right. oh man, so uh, the pandemic must have really like freaked you no, out a little bit. It didn't. You know why? Okay. Because I had already gone through my treatment. Oh, 
Thank the Lord so for I that. Jo- I joke about that all the time with my family. Be like, bro, if I would have not went through my therapy and my, because I did two years of cognitive behavior therapy. Oh. I did two years. Um, if I would have not went through that, it would have been a disaster for me because right. what made me be like, okay, I need to get this address is because like I couldn't eat in restaurants. Um, I I couldn't like I couldn't touch doorknobs. Um, I was having trouble with people being too close to me. Mm-hmm. It got to a point that I wasn't eating in my mom's house. I wasn't using my mom's bathroom. Like, right. Cause you were just so scared of the germs. And I tried gotcha. to explain it to people and like my family would get very frustrated. Even my husband before he could understand because I, I get it to someone looking from the outside in is like, yo, are you, you serious? Understand. Like, I don't, right. right? But, but it's not something that you're doing on purpose. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, you can't help yourself. No, because in my mind, it was like straight up a fear, like a fear thing. Like, yo, if I don't do this. So basically what happens is that if like, for example, it's an obsession that is followed usually by some type of ritual or compulsion you do to try to like soothe that, that anxiety or that specific thought. So like a common washing your hands over and over again. Right. So like, say I touch something and it's like driving me nuts. I have to, I have to wash you my hands. To wash your hands. If I right. don't wash my hands a certain type of way, I, I, I couldn't, it would drive right. me nuts. Right. I would get uncomfortable. I would get irritable. I would get angry. Um, right. There was plenty of times I argued with my husband about certain things and it caused a lot of stress in, in the thing because you're right. fighting over things that you know are irrational, but you, but can't you just can't the, help it. Yes. You can't shake it because he was like, danger, danger. If right. I let them sit on this chair, if if I let them sit on this chair, something bad, like it's, it's gonna, they're going to catch something and then they're going to all get sick and then I'm going to get sick and then it's going to be <laughs> the end. And then, Right, 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 right. And it's hard, especially my Latin family, for them to understand. Yes. <laughs> um, that that was a thing. My sister should have told me she thought I was lying. She thought I was being dramatic. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, obsessive, it, it, it was real. And so and through cognitive behavior therapy, I, I worked through with a therapist. And so basically we'll go through like certain, he'll be like, all right, list the top three scenarios that you're the most worried about. Like what, that, that you'd be like, if this happens, then this is going to happen and it's catastrophe. Okay. And so then you list that and you actually visualize the scenario and you go through it or you actually do the things that scare you but 10 times past what it is because the point is if you go past the fear if you do something that's even scarier than that right then, then, you, you then you're golden of, yeah right what you're scared of it is not gonna and i did some really interesting things let's just say that <laughs> i'm i'm sure and it, <laughs> and it sounds interesting because mm-hmm. you know when you talk about talk therapy a lot of people that's that's the first um that's the first go to therapy you know talk therapy mm-hmm. um but i've heard of the cognitive behavior therapy for like anxiety and stuff and i think that there's it's some spe- there's some people that i have spoken to that it has it has really worked for them like it, it has changes. opened up a whole new world you know because and they're it changes not just your the way that you like the way that you think um, right and the way you and the way you react and you respond to things right. and so 
that in itself it like it, it causes you to stop and be like whoa wait a minute like what am i what am i doing like literally honestly i could say that it literally changed my whole life and my family's life because if i would have i was first of all it's not an easy therapy to obtain right uh, it, it's not a lot of therapists who who offer cognitive behavior therapy unfortunately do not take insurance yeah because a lot and of therapy is actually not insurance-based which which I have a big problem with that. Um, like I, I have too. an issue with that because I feel like there's a lot of people that are having mental health conditions and they can't afford to pay for a therapist. I and agree. I feel like this is why we have so many issues with people that can't seek the help that they really need because insurances are not paying for it. And that really, really sucks. Um, it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And then if there are... Um, the locations that do take insurance, the waiting list is a mile, like a mile, two miles, three miles, four miles long. Yes. yes. So I would say I was extremely blessed. And this is how, again, I know it was, it was God. Um, My therapist who I was speaking to at the point had mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy to me um, on a Friday and said, you know, but the wait list might be long. And the next, you know, a few days later, there suddenly was an opening. And when we that was for you, girl. (laughs) That one was for you. That was for me. And so then I was like, I'm like, all right, this is a gift. It was hard. Like it was, it was hard. Like some of the scenarios, I would come home and I would tell my husband, and he'd be like, bro, what the hell are you doing over there? That's all right. But it it really like changed my way of thinking and and it helped ease my fear because when you're constantly reacting to everything from a place of fear yeah it becomes a little a little too much yes I would say it was like the equivalent of like I felt almost I was in a box because everything started to get so scary I felt like I had to myself in a box but then that box was still too big so then I put that box in another box and another box and another box Right. And I didn't want to live my life like that. I have my wonderful husband, my kids. My daughter was now starting to get older. And I wanted I wanted to live. Because, like, my my fear, believe it or not, is not dying. My fear is not living. Like, yes. I, my fear is, like, getting to and that, that makes point. makes sense. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I, I want to live. But then all these things were going on in my head that were not letting me enjoy. And... Once I started to get that on the wrap, like, I started to realize who I was. And a lot of times when people are living with mental health conditions or they're living with them undiagnosed, that overtakes you. And you don't really know who you are because that in itself doesn't allow you to come out. Right. That makes it's, sense. It's, it's kind of sort of like a, a hindrance, you know, if you can say that. You know, because it's it's stopping you from actually being the you that you want to be, you know, but you, you can't help it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's difficult, but I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to get the help and find the help. And I hope that a whole bunch of other people that hear this and listen to this, you know, also get the help that they need. Cause I know a few people that need help and they are just too stubborn to get it. Also, too, like, you know, everyone at some point um, struggles with their mental health. It doesn't mean that you have to have a chronic issue. It could be situational. 
Um, There's no shame in reaching out, even if it's just for a season in your life that you need that extra help, whether it be talk therapy or even sometimes people need medication. Like just because, you know, medication might be something that you need doesn't mean that you're going to need it forever. And there's no shame if you have to take it forever. The point is that you need to do what you need to do to live a healthy life. And people need to understand that just because you don't see somebody's wounds, you don't, that doesn't mean that they're not hurting. That doesn't mean that they are not, you know, fighting a battle. Like it's very hard when you're in the midst of it and you have no support, you're not receiving treatment. Just getting up out of bed is hard. Just getting, you know, up to brush your teeth is hard. Um, The pandemic, especially, I think, people a lot of people were become more open to it because of the pandemic we were all going through something right at the same time a lot of people the whole world had no choice but to sit their ass down right and I think (laughs) and you know I say this a lot too when it comes to the pandemic like you know we lost a lot of lives and there was so much negativity behind this pandemic but there was also so many positive things that happened with so many other people. Like we literally got shut down. We had to sit down and this is the time that you had to kind of like, and I say this all the time, like, you know, I feel like people are like onions and sometimes you have to peel back those layers and just peel them out and peel them out and peel them out until you figure out like, Hey, this is what's happening with me. And the pandemic really did that because I know, I know, had I know, no choice. Everybody level. Exactly. On a wide scale. I think too, like for like, it's important also because like, for example, I, you know, with mamas and even with you, like we are all about like finding out who you are. Right. Right. And so my, my message, like what I want women to know is that, okay, maybe it's not um, your mental health that is hindering you from being the real you. Maybe it's the way that you were raised and things that were put on you. Maybe it's just your self-esteem. Whatever it is, you have a right to peel back those layers of that onion. You have a right to kind of figure out what is it that you really want for yourself, what you don't, what do you really believe, what you what you don't. Some things that, you know, they raised us, like some things worked. Right. But some things didn't. And just because yeah. we'd be like, oh, I'm not going to take the part that didn't work doesn't mean like we're doing, we're being disloyal to right. to our family or we're turning our back on them. I just think that we have a right to live our lives the way that we want to live them. We have a right to really figure out who we are. Um, it's always going to be ever changing because you really, you're always growing. Right. Right. But I think that we should encourage one another to go on that journey. And when you find women who are on that journey, just like you, it's not like a whole other level. <laughs> yes, it really is. Because, you know, it's it's hard to find people that are kind of like in the same mindset. And that's what I was just about to ask you. Like, what are your tips? What are your tips and tricks for like people that are dealing with something or something that's bothering them or how should they handle it or who should they seek out Um if they're dealing with any of this kind of stuff. That's a little bra. What you mean? Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways I could go with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So give me your, your, your top five, your top five things to do. If you feel like you are having like a mental health condition. 
if you feel like you're struggling with your mental health or maybe are questioning certain certain things that happen in your life, I think the first thing you should do is reach out to somebody you trust. Um, I understand that sometimes going straight to a therapist or a psychiatrist can be a bit intimidating. Yes. But you can reach out to your pastor, your your priest. You can reach out if you're if you're in school, a counselor, a friend, even even your primary care physician. There's no yes. harm in just saying, "Hey, um, I'm feeling this." And, you know, it's not really like me. It's making me a little uncomfortable. What do you think? You know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You're not crazy. You know, that's such a, I hate that word. I feel like that's a very yeah, derogatory that, word. And nowadays it's just, a, it's a little piercing, that word. Yes, because that forces people to to go back into the saying there's nothing wrong with me because they don't want to be labeled. Right. Like, don't worry about the label. You know, those people who are labeling you, labeling you, you don't even want to go in their closet because they got right. all types of stuff in there. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I would say that reach out to somebody you trust um, and just kind of open up. Um, if you are experiencing symptoms that are more severe, I really do think that you need to reach out to a mental health professional. Right. Um, you don't have to suffer in silence. Um, it's scary. And it's overwhelming, but you are worth, you are worth it. Yes. You are worth, you are worth getting help. You are worth people being able to help take care of you and support you through this. Yes. You are, you are not a burden. You are not being dramatic. You are not broken. I just like, don't, there's no shame in it. Like there's no shame in it. And if anyone you tell, if you have a friend or family member and you tell them and they try to make you feel ashamed or they try to litter you then that's not the person you need to speak to. And please exactly. know that you do not measure like your worth or how serious of an issue you may be having based off of their reaction. Because right. at the end of the day, if it's messing with you, if it's bothering you, if it's causing you to feel like you're not in your the right sorts, then you need to do something about it. It doesn't matter. It's not mind over matter. It's not just prayed away because I am a very firm believer in praying, but sometimes it's just not- Can't do it. No, it has to be prayer and action. Faith right. and action go right. hand in hand. Right, because right? you know, God, he gives He gives you the tools. I always say that he will give you the tools. And I, you and have I to use say, them wisely. I would say this too. If you are on the receiving end, if someone comes to you and says, oh, you know, Tanya, you know, like I'm feeling this and this and this, you know, no matter how you may personally feel, just be very compassionate. Yes. Um, be sensitive, supportive, um, because you don't know how much it may have taken that person to even say those things out loud right. to someone else. Because sometimes it just takes a lot just for you to kind of come to terms with it in your own mind and then right. to come out and say it and then someone dismiss you. That's another thing. Yeah. Stop dismissing people and their feelings. Their fe Whether you have a mental health illness or condition, feelings are feelings, bro. Right. And they shouldn't be dismissed by by no means. But you know, people be doing that. Yeah, a lot. And it's so disrespectful. <laughs> like, like sometimes... Especially our people. Oh, first of all, not everybody always wants advice. True. Right? And I, that's another thing I think too, like um, on both ends. Like if, let's say I go to you, I'm like not feeling well or whatever I, I i should go to you and be like tanya i'm really going through this but you know what i just want you to listen to me right 
right? I think that should be like the norm. Like when right. we're talking to people, it's like, okay, you're gonna tell me, but do you want to vent mm-hmm. or do you want advice? I could give you either or, but let's just have a clear, you know what I mean? Let's have a clear guideline about where this conversation is gonna go. Because m- me, I'm always I'll be offering advice like a mother. <laughs> But that's because I'm so outspoken. And sometimes my friends, you know, they do one event and I'll just be giving advice. So now sometimes I'll be like, okay, I see where the conversation is going. And I'm like, all right, maybe they just want to vent. They just don't want advice. So I'm going to just let them talk. You know what I'm saying? And it'd be like that. I, I would just say too, also, like you said, um, if the person coming to you can't, obviously sometimes you like they're all lost in their mind and they can't say like yo all I want you to do is listen like what you said right. all right what do you need from me right like there's nothing wrong with having an open conversation and be like yo what do you need from me right and it's and, and it's very hard for women to do that but let me tell you something you know <laughs> my relationship with Zeta is so crazy because she is like the only woman grown like adult that Mm -hmm. I'm friends with that we are able to do that right people could be friends with each other forever and they can't be like yo yes it's true shout out to Zeta like this shout out to Z um it's very important to have a friend or support system my husband's the same way you need that yes Definitely. I think having a good support system, especially when you're dealing with these kinds of, um, you know, issues or whatever, it's always good to have someone that's, that you know is in your corner no matter what. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people can also be super, super judgy. And it's just like, hey, we all go through stuff. Like, you know, especially in the world that we're living in now, it's like people are super high stressed, super hypersensitive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and someone always needs you always need somebody. I feel like, you know, somebody to talk to, somebody to cry to, somebody to yell at, you know, or yell to rather. I think vulnerability, um, being able to be vulnerable with people in your life. I know that that's something super personal and it's not meant for every, every relationship you have. And it's scary. I think that, you know, people need to understand that it's not only for, romantic relationships like you right. should at least have you know a, a platonic like a friendship where you're able also to be vulnerable and be honest and be open about your feelings and who you are and not feel judged right because everyone feels judged all the time and we yeah. judge unfortunately i right? know sometimes so i, sometimes I you, be a little judgy girl me too and it's the human in me. Don't hate me. It's just the human in me. Sometimes I just be, and I'm just like, you know, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cause I don't be wanting people to judge me, but sometimes I'm like, all right, let me just stop. I gotta just stop. Let me just stop. Especially <laughs> when you come from a big family. That's right. what we do all day is judge each other. <laughs> of course. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so jazz, thank you so much for coming on notorious moms. It was such a, such a pleasure. You dropped a lot of gems um people go tell t- tell the people where they can find you jazz you can find me on ig at jazz speaks life i don't have any other uh social media because they all too complicated and nobody got time for that 
<laughs> you can find on Instagram. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> and YouTube. Um, just oh yes, I have my YouTube channel, which is also Jazz Speaks Life. Yes. I'm gonna put more content on there. And I just again, if you or anyone you know you're struggling, whether chronically or situationally with their mental health, please reach out to someone you trust or healthcare professional, you deserve it, you are worthy, everyone should be entitled to happiness, and you shouldn't feel judged, you got to do what you got to do to make sure you're good. That's a whole fact. And on that, we leave you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.